Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! guys and welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. Obviously, we're hot on the heels of AEW Grand Slam Dynamite last night. We still have Rampage to go on Friday. We're going to be talking all about Grand Slam Dynamite here on today's show. Myself and Mr. Marceau. In addition to Raw, a lot of news and notes. Dark Side of the Ring from last week. The controversial reaction that episode received. And even though we're about a week late, we still have some thoughts on that at the end of today's episode. In addition to Extreme Rules predictions. Yes, we still have a pay-per-view to come on Sunday. So we're going to be talking all about that here on today's WrestleRant Radio. But before then... We got an exclusive interview with MLW star Davey Richards, former Ring of Honor champion, Impact champion, recently returning to wrestling in MLW. He's going to be at MLW Fightland on October 2nd in Philly, the 2300 Arena, facing Tom Lawler in the opening round of the Opera Cup. Now, that match is going to be airing on Vice TV, I believe, five days later, MLW Fightland 2021 at 10 p.m. Eastern following Dark Side of the Ring. Um, MLW Fightland, so it's going to be a great time, and it's going to be an awesome match. We talk all about that. It's a bit of a short interview, only around 10, 12 minutes, but um, Davey's got a lot to say about returning to MLW, returning to the wrestling scene, and so much more. He was awesome, so you're going to hear that in just a few moments, but before then, guys, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean and Google Podcast. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. So without further ado, here's my exclusive interview with MLW star Davey Richards. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham, Gius, and Matthews here from Wall Culture. We've got an exclusive interview here today ahead of MLW Fightland on October 2nd, 2300 Arena in Philly. Today we're talking to the man himself, Davey Richards. Davey, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So this is a stack stack show coming up on uh, October 2nd, MLW Fightline. You've been back with the promotion now for a couple of months after a couple of years away from wrestling. Talk about the excitement going into the show. There's a lot of buzz right now, not only surrounding yourself and your career, but the promotion itself. Everything kind of seems to be hitting a stride at just the right time. The Vice TV deal, Opera Cup is where you're going to be competing in you against Tom Lawler. It's really a great time to be a fan of yourself and MLW right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great time to be, you know, I I am a wrestler, but I'm also a fan. And I'm like, man, I, I really hope that me and Tom are on first because I just want to sit and watch the rest of the show. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what a show it's. Uh, I mean, this could be, you know, this is like WrestleMania type stuff here. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of it and uh, and then just uh, just to participate in the tournament and compete against, you know, eight of the best, you know, yeah. like seven besides myself and then in that heavyweight title match like holy crap man like that's mm-hmm. it's like I love that big fight feel you know and that's organic you can't create that you know that has to be organic and it is so this is gonna be awesome 
it's going to be an awesome time. And like you just said, it is a literal who's who looking at the lineup right now for this Opera Cup. In addition to yourself and Tom Lawler, you guys are in the opening round. But like yeah. every day, new matches are being announced. Lee Moriarty, he's in the news right now, kind of signing with, uh, you know, AEW and whatnot. Bobby yeah. Fish coming off his time in NXT. He's in this thing. Alex Shelley, TJP, Calvin Tankman, Matt Cross. I mean, it, not a single person in this tournament that any wrestling fan who calls himself a wrestling fan is not going to recognize. So it's crazy. And then opening round, you and Tom Lawler, he won last year. So your yeah, thoughts right. on facing such opposition right off the bat. Yeah. Court's not looking to give me an easy time here. NFL, <laughs> but I like that. I come here for the, for the competition. So uh, I'm getting what I asked for and I look forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be a great match, man. But like I just said, you're coming to the MLW at just the right time. And uh, why was 2021 for you after about four years away from the wrestling business, the perfect time for you to lace up the boots again and get right back into things and not really miss a beat whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my first match back, I went like 30 minutes and I was like, because I didn't know what I could do and what I could. And it was just like, you know, I've been wrestling since I was 10. It's really the only thing I know and really the only thing I was ever really good at. I, I, I tried other sports and it, whoa, man, it didn't work out. Uh, so, you know, you know I, I stepped away for a while to concentrate on other things, you know, school, you know, being a paramedic, being a fireman, and most of all, being a dad. And, you know, uh, it was some things happened that kind of like really opened my eyes to be like, it's, it's time to go back to, to what I was put on earth to do, which is wrestle. Yeah, definitely, man. And like I said, you haven't missed the beat at all. Like you said, your first match back 30 minutes long. And I'm sure this match with Tom Lawler is going to be no walk in the park either, but it's going to be a great match for sure. Um, yeah. And just being back in the last couple of months with MLW, just in wrestling in general, and it, four years doesn't really sound like a long time, but for some people, it could be a lifetime with how much the wrestling landscape has changed, all the promotions popping up, some going away, a lot more popping up with the pandemic and obviously and everything else. What have you noticed being back have been the biggest differences between just wrestling in general uh, from when you last had your, you know, your final match in 2017 to 2021? What have been the biggest differences that you've noticed? I think just a, um, a renewed interest and resurgence of like pure wrestling, technical wrestling. Uh -huh. You know, I think things got, I think the trend and, and everything has trends, um, you know, any, you know, entertainment genre or sports genre, the trend when I left, at least from my point of view was a lot more um, athleticism as far as like aerial stuff is concerned and mm -hmm. really complicated, you know, high spots and, you know, and those guys are very talented, but that's just not, that's just not me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm much more on the technical side of things and, um, so I'm happy to see there is still that side of it where they're, you know, the really great high flyers and all that kind of stuff. And that's awesome. And those guys are so talented, but there's also this other side where you have guys like me and, and, and TJP and Alex mm -hmm. Shep, Jonathan Gresham and, you know, Daniel Garcia, you know, and I think those, um, there, there's a renewed interest in that, which is, which is great for me. Cause that's what I love to do. So, <laughs> you know, it's really great to have the fans um, really be glamoring for all types of wrestling. And then, so there's room for everyone to go and, and showcase, you know, their talent in their certain fields. Yeah. And there's so much pure wrestling nowadays in a variety of promotions, obviously MLW specializing. If you look at this tournament alone, the opera cup is just that. And we're going to be seeing a lot of that, obviously, including your match with Tom Lawler um, and you're four years away. How much, I mean, obviously you probably knew you were going to be back at some point, right? It was never completely closed the door. You're busy doing a lot of other things or was it, you didn't know, or you weren't sure. 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't when when I no. I I guess when I stepped away, I thought it was for good. Actually, wow. I, okay. Because you know, I to me, it was never about fame. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't care about that. You know, I I wanted to. My my biggest thing was being the best wrestler in the world, and I truly feel like my you know my time before I was. Um, and uh, and then when I started. You know, I'm, I'm an all-in kind of person. I, I would do one thing I will never do is have someone come pay to see me wrestle and they get, you know, 40%. That's, you know, that's not fair. So when I, when I knew that my interest was dwindling in, you know I mean? And I've been doing it for, I mean, my amateur wrestled from God, 10 years old to 22. And then I wrestled from 23 to, you know, 30, 33. Yeah. I mean, I needed a break, you know, I never, I had never taken time off, you know? So, um, and I, you know, I was, became a dad, you know, and I, I really wanted to become a, a fireman and a paramedic and I wanted to go to med. I'm into those things. And I was very busy on my time off and then the world stopped. Yeah. You know I mean? And then, uh, some things happened that kind of opened, opened the door like, Hey man, it's time to go back to do what I was put on earth to do, which is wrestling. Yeah. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that too, because some people, when they kind of get burned out and they take that time away, they just, you know, do other stuff and whatever. But like you said, the stuff that you were up to in your time away was no small feat. I mean, you're being a dad, that's a job in and of itself. Being a paramedic, among other things, especially in a time like this, in the midst of a pandemic, it's pretty wild, you know, so kind of the hell of a time to pick it right back up and get right back into the business. And like you said, do what you were born to do. Uh, kind of going off then as we wind down here, man, you're back in MLW, such a stacked roster, as I said earlier, you're facing Tom Lawler in this thing, but beyond that, you've already had a few matches in MLW, MLW so far, but you look at this roster, who are you most excited to either face for the first time, face again, and other guys you see having a lot of potential being the feature of this business in the years to come, in addition to yourself, obviously, but you know, other people that you're looking to mix it up with. Um, I mean, how much time do you got? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I came into MLW because their roster. Well, I came in MLW because of their roster and their vision as, you know, as wrestling as a sport, which is obviously I'm very, I've been very outspoken about. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I will always, my favorite opponent will always be TJP just because he's just so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for Tom Waller. You know, I obviously I want to wrestle Alex Shelley and who doesn't, you know what I mean? And, you know, Bobby Fish, you know, me and him got some unfinished business from another company back in the day. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's really good. And, 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 you know, like, you know, I mean, you're not, you're very few people are, are as talented as Jason, uh, Jacob Fatu. So I'm really excited for that, you know, and Alex Hammerstone, Richard Holiday, and, you know, and like, you know, I got to find me a new tag team partner and then uh, go after the Von Erics. So, uh, yeah, it, it's great, man. You know, Calvin Tankman's a scary dude. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, but that's an, an inevitable challenge. So uh, I'm excited for all of it, to be honest with you. Uh, the first thing, though, is get through Lawler, which is no small task. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, so many possibilities looking at this roster. It's crazy. Um, just from start to finish, top of the roster to the bottom of the roster, you can even call it that. It's wild. And uh, so we find out from like these press releases or online and in tweets, Bobby Fish is going to be in the Opera Cup. We find out Alex Shelley is going to be in this thing. Do you find out along with the rest of us that the, they're going to be in this tournament? And when you see something like that, I mean, these are big names along with yourself. I mean, when you came in, that's a big deal. That's a big, great get for MLW. When you see Bobby Fish is coming in, in addition to Alex Shelley, among with all these other world-renowned wrestlers, what's your reaction to finding out that they're also MLW bound? Good. Yeah, my reaction is good. You know, it's competition, and that's what 
you know, I, I don't want to be in a company where, you know, I'm, you know, where one person's up here and everyone else is kind of down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, wanna, you know, uh, the great thing about this tournament is literally anyone could win it and it wouldn't surprise anybody. There, there is no underdog, you know, so I, you know, I, I enjoy that competition and, you know, every person is out there, you know, everyone's got an instinctive why as to be in this tournament that goes far beyond a cup, a title or anything. You know, Bobby Fish wants to go make those people let him go pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. I want to prove I'm still the best in the world. You know, Tom wants to prove that he's not just a, a, a mixed martial arts, you know, you know, crossover. You know what I mean? He wants to prove he is the best professional wrestler. Calvin Tankman wants to prove that, like, hey, I belong here. I'm someone you need to pay attention to. You know, everyone has this instinctive why, you know, and that's very important. So everyone comes in with the motivation, obviously, to win the cup. It's, it's the oldest and one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world. But also, to everyone's got something personal to prove, and I think that just draws the best competition out of anyone. Yeah, for sure, man. That is what, that's what this thing is all about, proving who the best in MLW actually is. And as we wind down, man, last question for you. I mean, as we enter this last, I don't know if you can even really call it that, this last stage of your career when you come into it, do you see it as this final hurrah? Do you have a set plan? I'm going to wrestle for another five years, or is it really just go for as long as you can go and just keep having fun at the end of the day? Um. <clears throat> When I'm, when I'm not the best anymore, you know, when I'm not people, I think, I think perhaps it is arrogant of me to think so, but I mean, then again, I'm a professional athlete and, you know, if you're not arrogant as professional athlete, you might not be there because of world. Uh, uh, when I, when I no longer feel I am the best, when I no longer have, you know, the kind of match quality that I expect of myself, uh, then it's time to walk away. You know, as far as like accomplishments in wrestling, I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I've accomplished everything I set out to do when I was a young man living on the farm, <laughs> you know, I'm not that old, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, you know, I just been wrestling a long time and I accomplished a lot in a short period of time. So, but, you know, I, I feel great. You know what I mean? I feel I'm way healthier than I was. I mean, when I won the ring of honor world title, I was, I'm way healthier now. And, uh, you know, I think I'm better than I was then. So it's, um, I've fallen back in love with wrestling and that's really all that matters at this point to me. You know, I don't, I don't you know, that's, that's, I just want to be able to express myself in that and, and the biggest thing now is I'm able to give back. And that's, that's, the, that's the important part of my career is to, to give back to wrestling because it's given me so much. So as long as I'm able to still do those things, um, I'll be around. Awesome, man. We're going to find out all about that MLW fight land October 2nd, 2300 Arena, Philly. Uh, you and Tom Lawler, Davey, it's going to be great. Davey, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Congrats on everything, and uh, best luck moving forward. Thank you. Big thanks to Davey for the time. He was awesome. You can check out the interview in article form as well. It should be up this Saturday on What Culture, and if it's not of that day, stay tuned to my social media. I'll be posting it once it's available, as well as on my YouTube channel if you want to hear it in addition to, um, you know, or actually not only that, you'll not only be able to hear it again, you can see it. We actually did that interview over video, so this was the audio form, obviously, but it's going to be up on my YouTube channel as well by Friday or Saturday of this coming weekend, so just head on over and subscribe to youtube.com backslash Graham G.S. Matthews when you get a chance and check out that interview with Davey Richards and more interviews to come, including another MLW star very likely joining me here on the show next Thursday. 
So now let's get right into it, guys. My conversation with Mr. Marceau breaking down a very newsworthy week in wrestling from AEW Grand Slam on Wednesday, Raw on Monday, NXT 2.0 Week 2 on Tuesday, and everything else going on in the world of wrestling. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing good, GSM. How are you? <laughs> Quite the way to kick off the episode. Doing great. Like I said, a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, we're all over the place here. I, I also have to get your thoughts about it's a week old at this point. We'll save it till the end, but I got to get your two cents here on the show because we've discussed it over text on the Plane Ride from Hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring as well. We got to talk about that a little bit. You excited for Dark Side of the Ring, uh, the next episode tonight on Chris Canyon? Oh, I got the DVR stuff. The Bucks are on your favorite tag team. Yeah, I'll probably zip through that part. <laughs> I know they knew him well, so I'm looking forward to the episode. The show's consistently... A great watch. I'm looking forward to it. But we'll save our thoughts on the Plane Ride from Hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring until the end, as well as our Extreme Rules predictions. we got to start off with the obvious here, AEW Grand Slam Dynamite from Wednesday night. Their biggest show to date at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City, Queens, to be exact. Um, very good show overall. Fun night of wrestling. A dream match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega going to a 30-minute time limit draw. Sting pinning uh, FTR, or rather making him submit, Dax Harwood specifically, in tag team action, which I know you got a lot to say about that. The woman the headline of the night, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's World Championship. We're going to go down every single match of AEW Grand Slam in just a moment. Two quick things in the AEW front. Um, obviously, it was announced on Monday from AEW themselves. They're partnering up with the Owen Hart Foundation, uh, which I felt was inevitable coming off that great episode of Dark Side of the Ring last year. I don't know how close Martha Hart is to um, you know people like Jericho and Tony Khan, but I would have to imagine there was some sort of a relationship there already existing, which paved the way for what we saw this past week announced. So um, this is really cool stuff. They're going to be partnering with the foundation. They're going to be doing, I guess, an annual tournament in the name in honor of Owen Hart called the Owen Hart Maybe King of Hearts. I think that's what they trademarked recently, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know when that would take place or at what time of the year or what it would result in, but I thought that was cool. And then also they're going to be putting Owen Hart in their upcoming video game, which is out at some point, which is uh, also pretty cool given how stacked the roster is currently. So got to get your thoughts, Mr. Marceau. It's been about a year and a half since the episode of Dark Side of the Ring aired on Owen Hart. But your thoughts on AEW partnering up with the uh, Owen Hart Foundation? Well, it's pretty cool, I think. I mean, all the... WWE Mark saying that Vincent shit should sue them. <laughs> don't get me started on that shit. It's like the dumbest shit I've ever seen. I don't understand why people get so butthurt about that shit. Like, get, like, just move the fuck on. Holy shit. But no, I think it's really cool. I think it was kind of, like you said, not inevitable, but I think after everything for the Dark Side of the Ring, it made sense. And um, I think it's a good idea. I just, like I said, the people are like just so negative, like, oh, they should sue them. Like, dude. Grow up. Get the fuck over it. <laughs> I don't even think that logically makes any sense. I don't know if there is any ground to sue. They're probably just talking out of their ass, but yeah, no, some of the, it wasn't an overwhelming majority, which is why I didn't even address it, but um, just the select few people with a lot of dumb comments that went viral because of how dumb it was, but I mean, this is the same company that, yes, was responsible for killing Owen Hart in, in his ring, in their ring, but not only that, they countersued Martha Hart, and not even countersued, that would imply that she sued them first. I'm pretty sure they they sued her, her first, I'm pretty sure. I'd have to go back and watch the episode and read up on it, but uh, not a pretty situation. I have um, no, you know, no argument over her doing business with AEW. I think it's awesome. And, uh, you know, for a lot of, a long time, I think people have said, like, oh, why wouldn't she just put her differences aside of WWE and allow them to honor Owen Hart and put him in the Hall of Fame? Dude, the, the fucking Hall of Fame, it's cool for some people. Largely, if there's not even an actual building, who gives a shit? I mean, why would she put all that away just to 
put him in a fictional Hall of Fame. Who cares? So I think she's making the right move here. Not that it's any really in my business, but um, I think it's cool that she's partnering up with AEW, and hopefully we get to see more uh, representation for Owen Hart moving forward. A uh, bit of a rumor here. It broke yesterday before Dynamite per Andrew Zary in a Matt Men podcast. AEW is going to be introducing a secondary women's championship apparently soon. So he started off the tweet by saying, oh, I hear rumors of a new title coming to AEW. And I'm thinking, oh, cool. Like tonight we're going to get the confirmation that a trios title is coming to AEW. And I was never really high on that idea when AEW first started two years ago. But they have so many tag teams, dude. They have so many people on their roster and so many factions. I think a trios title, honestly, at this point would be great. Um, unfortunately, that's not what it is. And no disrespect to their women's division, which is growing. They headlined the show last night, and that's great. I see no reason for a secondary women's championship right now. Um, I think he later clarified it would be called the TBS Championship. Maybe it would end up on Rampage. I mean, all their shows are going to TBS next year, not just Dynamite. It's Rampage and Dynamite. Um, So, uh, TBS, TNT, ABC, it doesn't matter to me. I think another women's championship at this point, dude, whether it's a mid-card title or even even a tag team title, I think it's completely stupid. I just, a lot of these promotions, Impact has done a women's tag team title recently and has actually done it right. WWE's is completely pointless. NXT's is completely pointless. Um, I just see no reason for a secondary women's title right now in AEW or even a tag team title. I just feel like it's way too soon for that when their division is still a work in progress. I completely agree. I saw that. I was like, dude. They have been doing well with their champions, but like once a champion loses that belt, they become so obscure that you don't even realize they're in the company anymore. Like, I love Sheeta. She had like a, over a year reign, and she now she's on Dark. I couldn't even tell you the last time she was on Dynamite. I she mean, wasn't. She hasn't. Exactly. And I mean, I think they have done pretty well, like featuring women on Rampage as well. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like the women they don't need a secondary belt. Like you're either the best or you're not. I don't know. I, I don't even really like the trio's idea because I'm not a huge fan of that, but like, mm-hmm. I think that's a better idea than, than a secondary women's belt. So with the secondary women's belt, the problem is that, like you said, they've done a better job, I think, of featuring their women on the show lately. But like, let's be honest here. You, you watch Dynamite. You watch Rampage. Beyond the current Ty Conti, Anna Jay, Bunny, Penelope Ford feud, what other secondary feuds do we currently have in the women's division? Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose? Maybe. I mean, do we even have a secondary? And they have a lot of women at this point, dude. I don't really think there's much of an excuse for not having a secondary women's feud beyond the uh, Anna J. Ty Conti stuff. So, I mean, how can you justify creating a secondary women's title if you don't have another women's feud? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. I, I haven't seen... I've seen more praise for this than negativity, so... Oh, I mean, it's AEW. Yeah. I'm not surprised, yeah. I just, like I said, I just don't think they focus, like, on Dynamite. You usually only get, like, Britt Baker or whatever she's involved in, which, which should be happening. She's a champion, but, I mean, like you said, besides the little tag team feud that they're having right now, there really isn't much going on, so I'm kind of surprised they're bringing another championship. Yeah, and they have a lot of talented women. It's not a bad idea in theory. Like, you know, we've talked for years about women's tag team titles in WWE, specifically back when they had factions and more teams, and then it just kind of completely fell apart. And even in NXT, like, there was just no reason for it. Like, especially in WWE, when you have the women's divisions on Ross Macdon and NXT, it should have been a traveling set of titles. And now you have Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash as the current champions as of Monday. We'll talk about that later, but I don't know. I just don't see a current need for that type of thing in AEW. 
So let's get into Grand Slam, Mr. Marceau. Opening up the show, they started off hot with a dream match for a lot of people. Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, uh, ending in a 30-minute time limit draw. The people were into this before the bell even started. An awesome match, I thought, one of AEW's best of the year so far. It might be premature to say that, but I fucking love the match. Didn't feel like 30 minutes. I think they took only one commercial break, if I'm not uh, misremembering here. Um, But yeah, that was great. The actual match was awesome, and as we spoke about last week, I'm glad they went with the time limit draw route, because I think either one of these guys losing at this point wouldn't have been ideal. Of the two, gun to head, who would I choose? I would say Omega, because Omega really should not be losing all that much before he eventually loses to Adam Page. Um, but still, I think what they did was the correct choice uh, for the outcome. They can always build to a rematch, either a full gear or some point down the road. But yeah, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. To me, it lived up to the hype. What were your two cents, Mr. Marceau? I thought it was good. Um, the only like kind of nitpick, I, I think we both agree that was going to be a draw. I just wish, I don't know, like I didn't, like honestly, I, lo- I lost time like in my head. I didn't, like all of a sudden the bell started ringing and everyone was like kind of pissed because I was just like, I didn't remember that how long the match was going. I mean, the match was going on for a while, but I, don't know, I feel like they could either like announce it a little bit better that it was like the time was running out, or I, I just feel like not that it needed to happen, but I kind of feel like I wish like Brian was kind of like on the verge of maybe winning, and then they did the draw, so like they didn't kind of keep you in mind like oh Brian was gonna win, and then they ended in a draw. But besides that, I thought it was a good match. Obviously, I think they'll. they'll I mean, there, there should be some kind of rematch somewhere down the line. But for what it was, I thought they worked well. I, I don't really love the chop, you chop me, I chop you spot, but they did that a handful of times. But besides that, I thought it led up to the hype. I just would have changed the finish a little bit, but I think we both agree that it was going to end in a draw, so we weren't too far off the beaten path there. I think Justin Roberts, as they do with their other matches, he did announce, oh, 10 minutes remaining, oh, 45 seconds remaining. But the problem was... The crowd Alexis, was so loud. That's the problem. It wasn't loud at all. I think he said it, but it was so muted. I thought it was my TV, so it clearly just wasn't me. Um, it was beyond muted. You could barely hear it. I could make it out because even Alexa said, like, literally right after he said that, she goes, don't they announce, like, when there's an X amount of minutes left? And I'm like, I think he just did, but you, just, you, you can't fucking hear it because it was so muted, so... I don't know if that was by design, so the time limit draw came as more of a surprise. I don't know. As far as him coming close to winning right before the bell rang, I didn't have a problem with that, actually, because I feel like we see that all the time. Like, oh, John Cena's going to tap out Randy Orton to the STF, but the bell rang out. Like, I feel like we always see that. So what they did instead, I actually liked it, that it was a bit more, you know, creative. They did say, because it was like, not right when the bell rang, but maybe like 30 seconds later, because they continued to brawl. Brian tried to get Omega into the little bell lock, and Excalibur was like, oh, if you know, it was if they had 30 more seconds, he would have won. I'm like, I don't fucking think he would have, but well, you could tell that story, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, obviously this is building to a rematch. No Adam Page. Uh, it kind of played out as I thought it would, as it should have, except for the part that Adam Page did not come back. And I guess the reason why this did not close the show is because they didn't want to end with a time limit draw. And I figured, okay, you could do the time limit draw, bring on Hangman, He's not there, though, so that's why they didn't do it. And obviously nothing against him, because clearly he's taking his own time. He's on a paternity leave right now and whatever. But I was surprised by that, dude. I thought he would come back here and set the stage for the full gear match, but it doesn't look like we're going to see Hangman back anytime soon, because if he's not back on this show, why would you bring him back in October, you know? Yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd come back here. Um, I still think you could have ended the show in a draw. I think you can kind of like all like end the show with like a big, big thing and then kind of leading into the next show, but um, yeah, I was more surprised he didn't show up here than kind of the finish. Like I said, we both said it was probably going to be a draw, but 
Yeah, if you're not going to bring him back here, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, like you said, maybe sometime in October. But I, don't know, I feel like if you're going to do it, this is like the perfect time. Yeah, it was just surprising. So, we'll see. Do you think the full gear match is going to be Omega and Danielson, though? Yes. Yeah, well, well time will tell. I mean, obviously, Brian, if they want to stay true to their power rankings, is going to have to you know, work his way up and pick up a bunch of wins. But Christian was able to do that within a matter of months, so I have no doubt that... Danielson can do that as well. Uh, Punk addressing the audience to hype up his match with Powerhouse Hobbs on Rampage next week, or rather tomorrow night, not, not even next week, this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Friday night on Rampage. I thought this was great, and I'm looking forward to Punk and Hobbs. Uh, I know we were joking about Hobbs losing, he's being buried, blah, 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 but honestly, dude, I think this is a great spot for Hobbs. I think it speaks volumes that Punk's first TV match in seven years is not with Jungle Boy, it's not even with an MJF, or you know, he faced Darby Allen at the pay-per-view. It's with fucking Powerhouse Hobbs, and they might not even do the Ricky Starks match, man. I think this could be a one-and-done, and then Punk moves on to other stuff. Um, I think he probably will face Starks, and, and Hobbs is kind of the setup man for that based on how they're positioned right now in the card, but I love the promo, and I'm really looking forward to Punk and Hobbs tomorrow night. It's kind of a clash of styles, but you agree. I mean, you're a big Hobbs fan. I think Hobbs is really impressed so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do tomorrow night. Yeah, I, th- I think he's got... Like, unworldly talent. I think he can be world champion material uh, down the line somewhere. And like you said, I mean, I, I, I kind of wish they built him up a little bit more for Punk because I feel like he's been on a roll lately. So just having Punk beat him, then kind of where you go from there. But I think it'll be a good match. I didn't watch the promo. I zipped through it. <laughs> I kind of knew what it was going to be. So I was just like, eh, I can just miss it. Makes sense. Uh, speaking of potential, though, Brian Pillman Jr. taking on MJF on the show last night. Probably the weakest part of the show to me anyway. Um, a good match, but not to say it was bad by any means, but just kind of paled in comparison. Everything else on the show. Um, it's still a good match. Well worked. I thought everyone played their roles well, including Wardlow and Julie Hart at ringside. Um, MJF winning as he should have. The only reason MJF could have lost here was with, it was you know with, if they broke up Wardlow and had him turn an MJF here, which they did not do, and I'm happy about that because I feel like, as I've said before, if you turn Wardlow, eh, feels a lot too similar to Lance Archer and Brian Cage, who aren't even on the show right now, and... Lance Archer's on Rampage this week, but we haven't seen Cage in weeks. I mean, that feud is completely dead in the water with Team Taz. But anyway, um, your thoughts on the match, Mr. Marceau, and where we go from here with MJF, you think? No, this was good. I mean, like you said, I probably, I think probably like on a style or like ratings, probably was the weakest match on the show, but I think it served its purpose and the right outcome happened, and I don't want fucking what's-his-face Wardlow to turn already, so I'm glad that didn't happen, and MGF got a win, and I thought Brian Pillman looked good there. Like, like I said, it wasn't like a five-star match or anything, but it just served its purpose, and that's what it was. Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. We said last week if Cody Rhodes won, uh, if Cody Rhodes won on the show, we would uh, surely be in for an hour-long rant here on the show today. But that's not going to happen because Malachi Black won, albeit not clean. But hey, a win is a win. Um, the match was obviously better than the original encounter. This was far more competitive. Good stuff here. That Arn Anderson spot at the end where he fell off the apron was embarrassing, and I, I felt bad for him. But um, beyond that, like the finishing sequence was just awkward to me. The rest of the match was good. Enjoyed it. We got the return of Brandy Rhodes. Noticeable boos for Cody in NYC, which was notable because, you know, the AEW fans like to play along with whatever AEW wants them to do. Like with the Bucks, like people, this company or this audience loves the Bucks, but they'll boo the Bucks if they want the Bucks to be booed. Uh, Cody Rhodes is a babyface by all accounts, and they just booed this guy out of the fucking building last night. And I don't think we were discussing before we went live here, I don't think it's a matter of them just not liking Cody. I think it's a matter of them just not caring about his character right now, and 
these fans realize that, hey, if Cody wins, it doesn't really accomplish anything. Um, it would just kind of be, it would just be another win for Cody. Gets his win back a lot like when he beat Brody last year, and that was it. So, you know, he can't go for the world title for right now. It's just bizarre. Um, but yeah, I liked the match, and I thought it was the correct outcome, though, with Malachi Black beating Cody Rhodes for the second straight time. And I hope this is it, but I'm sure we're building to a, you know, a grand third match with Cody probably beating him at full gear. I'm sure that's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the match was fun. <laughs> the match was good. I, I, I thought it was good. I mean, the ending sequence, I feel like that's just like a typical Cody Rhodes, like, like, uh, what's I going to say? Can't even think of the word. I had Smoke in the mirrors? Smoke mirrors. I mean, you have like the little interference, like the little like distractions, all that stuff. So it was what it was. I mean, I was surprised that Cody lost. Honestly, I could have sworn he won. Like you said, I, th- I think I just think is like people would have been mad if Cody won because like what like it just doesn't serve any purpose. But like Cody's been so poorly booked the last year. Like this is even him like Malachi beating him. It's not even like I mean he beat Cody, but it's not like that big of a deal because I feel like Cody's been so. I don't even say bad, like just like badly booked this whole last year. I mean, he's been off TV, back on, then he like wins a couple matches that don't really mean much, and then he leaves again and comes back. And I don't know. I just, especially with how much creativity or freedom he probably has with his own character and his own stories and so, I just feel like, like, what the fuck is he doing? I just, I, I don't really know. And I think, like you said, I think people more just like not down with his character because it's just been up up down all around like this whole last year went with like that one off with Shaq and the Jane Cargill stuff and then the team Taz the hey don't get me started on the factory the factory I mean he spewed with like the whole fucking roster this last year and it's just like honestly none of it's gone anywhere and just I don't know it's been really weird but like you said I don't think it is over yet I mean Cody didn't lose didn't lose clean so we'll probably get a rubber match at full gear and He'll, like, wipe the face paint off Malachi and beat him clean as a sheep, probably. <laughs> I don't get it, dude. I just, I don't really understand. I like Cody a lot, but I think it is because, honestly, I think it's because he has too much creative freedom over his character. Because don't you think that he would have, by this point, be involved with the Elite stuff? Because he used to be a member of the Elite. Him and Kenny would have been a natural match to do a double or nothing. I feel like he would rather play in his own sandbox with the fucking factory people and his own friends than he would with the actual top-of-the-card stuff. I know he can't go for the world title, but that whole stipulation is still as dumb now as it was two years ago for him to not be able to go for the world title, and I'm sure he put that in place himself. Yeah, but couldn't you say the same thing as that the elite people don't want to feud with him, so they say go play with your friends because we don't want to deal with you right now? Well, the elite are feuding with other people outside of the elite, though. I mean, I know... I, it's true, but I mean, there was there was a rumor that they weren't getting along, so it could have been one of those things like, okay, you can work with your friends and we'll do what we're doing. If, even if that's true, and I'm sure there's some partial truth to that, this is just me. I know you fucking hate the Elite, but I would rather see a Kenny Omega Adam Page feud than, uh, let me check my notes, Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I, love, I, I mean, agree, though. I agree. But, like, I do think that him pigeonholing himself with the dumb stipulation back in 2019 or whenever it was was just. Last year was the perfect example, or earlier this year, like, I feel like there were plenty of times you could have done Cody and Kenny. But then, obviously, with the stipulation, you can't. And then we have, like, the, the Orange Cassidy fucking pack, like, one-off. And then we had a couple other, like, random title matches that Omega had that which you could have easily just, like, thrust a Cody in. And it would have, I feel like, would have been a bigger deal than what they did in hindsight. I'm sure they'll lift it at some point. I'm sure there's going to come a time where, let's say Adam Page is champion, MJF wins the title. This is probably a year or so down the road. 
Mark my words. MJF will be champion. And then Cody Rhodes will get a shot at MJF. Because remember, he lost to MJF, and then that went nowhere afterward. MJF was facing fucking Jungle Boy the next pay-per-view. But, um, you know, Cody Rhodes never really got his revenge over MJF. And then maybe he's like, listen, I know there is that stipulation in place, but let me say this. If, if you give me a world title shot, I'll leave if I lose. And he's not fucking losing, so he's not going to leave his own company. So clearly he would win. But I imagine we'll get to a point where that's going to be the case. Because um, in the meantime, he's just kind of spinning his wheels. And I, I'd rather see Malachi Black go on to work with a Darby Allen, to be honest with you, or someone like that, as opposed to continuing the Cody feud. Not that the feud's been bad. I think it's been well done. But I just don't want to see Cody win because I feel like he just accomplishes nothing. Because he can't go to the top of the title picture. So it's just a waste of time. Like him and Miro for the TNT title? I mean, I, maybe, but I don't know. I don't really have much interest in that currently. Um, let's get right into it, Mr. Marceau. The match you really wanted to talk about the most from the show. Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR. As we spoke about off the air, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I, like a lot of other people, thought Sting looked great, but I will agree with you on this. I do not think Sting should have picked up the win for his team. If you wanted to do that against the men of the year, who gives a fuck? Okay. If you want to do it against 2.0, even better. They're complete losers, you know, from a storyline standpoint. FTR, one of the best teams in the company, if not the world. Very questionable. So, give it to me, Mr. Marceau. Your thoughts on the match and that uh, questionable, fin- questionable finish, in my opinion. I just I just don't get it. And, like I said, I told you before, if this was Darby and he was the one that got the hot tag and he laid waste to FTR, I wouldn't have had a problem with it because they're up. he's up and coming and you know what, it makes sense, and it'd be a big boost for him, but, like, the 62-year-old Sting making FTR, obviously a lot of their work, making them bump around like he was Hogan in the 80s just bothered the fuck out of me. Like, and they're amazing. I mean, if you just, like, if you go back to that sequence of them tagging him tagging in, they're, like, the only people that actually make a hot tag look good. Like, they're, like, chasing down Darby, like, they're going to grab his feet, and then Sting comes in and, like, looks like fucking King Kong. I mean, they're b- bouncing around for him taking fucking amazing bumps and just keep feeding them when they needed to. Like, they made them look amazing, which, to a young guy, like, maybe they were facing, like, a Will Hobbs or Wardlow. I mean, they, he would have looked, like I said, looked like Hogan in the 80s, but for Sting, I mean, I just feel like they should have switched him and Darby, and I would have had no problem with it. And people are like, oh, my, like, Sting looks great. Yeah, he does look good, but, I mean... What's the end game? Sting's not winning a championship, so... Yeah, no, I agree. It, that is really I it. I feel like it doesn't serve any purpose besides people saying, oh, Sting looks good at 62 years old. Okay. So but there's it's not going anywhere. That's my question. So where do we go from here with this? And I told you beforehand, I think what they're doing, and I, this, this still doesn't excuse it because you still... So my, my idea is that you do Darby Allen and MJF for the next pay-per-view. Who you have win, probably MJF. It doesn't really matter because they both kind of need wins right now coming off their losses at the pay-per-view. But... Even if you are building up Allen through having him go through the pinnacle, then having him lose or having Sting be the one to pick up the win in the tag team match doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I just don't really, I mean, I don't know. It's either that or they get a tag team title opportunity, but I don't really want to see that. I mean, that just kind of feels, they only, they've only wrestled four matches as a team, so I feel like that's not it either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, kind of, that's another thing. It's not like there's a really clear-cut thing you're going to do. Like you said, just mentioned, I don't know, probably five minutes ago, I would actually like to see a Malachi versus Darby Allen feud. So, are they going to go in that direction? Like, so then, what was the point of beating FTR? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. If they had Darby, and if they had Darby beating FTR, I feel like they'd be like, okay, Darby beat FTR, so like now he gets a chance at MJF, where they they can at least plant the seeds. When Sting did it, what are they going to do? Sting versus that fucking MJF? No. 
I just, I don't know. I just thought that was done wrong. And, like, yes, he looked good, but I think a lot of it was due to FTR selling like they were, like I said, facing Hogan in the 80s. Yeah, maybe going off of that, do you think, mean, not that they're going to do this, but maybe you can justify it by having Sting, I don't know if he would do this on TV, but, like, his first singles match is against Malachi, but it's not like a competitive match, but Malachi kind of, like, fucking kills him like he did with Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson and all those guys. <clears throat> do you think maybe they could do that, and that's why they gave Sting the win here, to make him look more credible? I mean, he's Sting, but to have him, to make him look more credible, and then he eventually loses or gets destroyed by, uh, you know, Malachi, and that's what kind of leads into Malachi and Darby, maybe the next pay-per-view. Again, that's just kind of just spitballing here, but that's just an idea to kind of at least make it make sense, you know? To a point, but then wouldn't that make FTR look weak as fuck if then he got smoked by Malachi? But maybe because it's a tag team match. I don't know. I exactly, like, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, but then, but then he did all the damage all by himself, really, so I don't know. It's well, kind of weird. The other one was going to interfere and help Harward get out of the submission until Darby stopped them. So yeah, I don't know. I just if there's an end game that makes sense, I guess I'm fine with it. I just think it should have been the if they reverse the rules, I wouldn't have had that much of an issue with it. But it is what it is. But I don't know. I love FTR, so I think they've like obviously they won the belts. They had a decent run with them. I just feel like yeah, they've been in the pinnacle, but since they've lost the belts, they're just I don't know, I just feel like they've barely been on Dynamite Wrestling. I mean, they've been on the show over the last year with the Pinnacle stuff, but, like, since the beginning of the year, they've only really had, like, two or three actual standard tag team matches on the flagship show. Like, they're the best tag team in the world. They should probably be on the show more often. I agree with that, and I also don't think the timing was ideal, too, because they just lost the Santana and Ortiz, like, three weeks ago. Like, this is a team that, prior to this month, only lost one match in this company, and that was against the Bucks back at Full Gear. So, I don't know. It is a little weird, but maybe they can be, hopefully they can be rebuilt back up. I'm not going to say they will be, but I have enough faith in the company that hopefully they will be. Um, I don't think they're buried by any means, but I, I, hope, I hope they can rebound. And if they don't, and they're just another dark tag team, then I'll be back on here in six months, Mr. Marceau, saying you were right. So <laughs> I saw them on dark. They beat some two stooges. I don't know how they did. Two stooges from uh, WWE. They beat, um... Kurt Stallion, who was on 205 Live, and they beat August Gray, who was on 205 Live in NXT. It was actually a great match. I watched it. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, hopefully they get rebuilt back up, and, you know, they get back those belts they uh, lost. And they had a very short reign with as well, so hopefully they get them back at some point. I would <clears throat> very much appreciate seeing that. Main event of the show, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, not a lot to say about it, dude. I thought it was a good match. They worked well together. Not a great match. Crowd was kind of dead at certain points just because, you know. Britt Baker, she's a great character, but she still needs a lot of still needs a lot of work in the ring. Um, I thought the Baker-Statlander match, to be, honest, to be honest with you, was better than this from All Out. But it was still a good match. I thought it was cool to see him in the main event. Um, not a big fan of the interference at the end there, but they protected Soho in defeat. And I'm glad they resisted the urge to put the belt on Soho because I think as cool of a moment as that would have been for her, but she just showed up three weeks ago, and I still think Thunder Rosa has got to be the one to take that belt from Baker. So I thought this was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, it was good. Like you said, not great. I think we've killed every time. I think Britt Baker, I think we say this every time. You can honestly just take what we say every time and just replay it. And you can just <laughs> edit it. I think she's great. I just, I don't know. Her in-ring stuff just does need more seasoning. I think she's a great character. She has the DMD stuff down. If she pandered the crowd a little bit less, I think I'd like it even more. But um, but I thought it was a good match. I, like, I didn't think Ruby should have won here. She just showed up a couple weeks ago. 
like you said, Thunder Rosa, the story's there. I mean, she should be the one to be the one to beat the one, a.k.a. Paul Heyman Jr. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think I think Thunder Rosa should be the one that beats her. Um, haven't seen her around a lot lately. She's probably on dark. But uh, yeah. I think she should be the one. Honestly, at full gear, she should be the one that beats Baker. I like Baker a lot, but like I said, I think she needs more seasoning in the ring. I, I mean, her boyfriend does it all the time, too. But pander lots to the crowd when you're a heel. I just... Like, we don't need the cool heel shtick, and I think she just needs a little bit more work, but I think as a character, she has the character, like, the whole character down, like, amazingly. Yeah, and no, I just needs more work in the ring, and I don't know, I've, I've seen some matches that are better than others, I thought the Statlander match was probably one of the best matches I've seen her have, in addition to the uh, Rosa one from earlier this year, this one was, I don't know, it was good, it just didn't really feel main event worthy, but, you know, again, I guess they, they didn't want to end the show with the time limit draw. Um, you mentioned it right there, though. Do you think we will get Rosa and Baker at full gear? Because per reports and what what I was thinking as well, they'll probably save it for the first half of 2022. Or is yeah, that too yeah. long? You can do that, too. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't have a problem if she held about the rest of the year. Um, I mean, they're, they're pretty fond on, like, yearly title runs, so I, I don't have a huge problem with it. But I don't know. What else do you do with her in the meantime? I mean, I guess she could do, like, Anna Jay or Ty Conti. That's what uh, I was thinking. I, I, beyond yeah. them, I'm not really sure, though. I feel like the only issue with that is that I feel like if they did do her and Anna Jay, I feel like Anna Jay would win. You think uh, she would win? I feel like they're very – I mean, I'm very high on her too. I think – I don't know. I feel like she's she's good. I, I don't know if I, I would myself would do it, but I wouldn't be like – I don't think I'd be surprised if she won. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, she is a big deal, and they, obviously she has potential, and she's someone they're going to be building up. I don't think they would have her win. I mean, I think this company's very like, hey, listen, if we're going to have Rosa be the one or have Adam Page be the one to take the belt off of X, Y, or Z, it's going to be that person, unless they just don't give a shit about that person anymore, which isn't the case so far with Thunder Rosa. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you yeah, know, I would like to see either one of those women challenge for the championship at the next pay-per-view. Uh, overall thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on AEW Grand Slam overall impressions of the show? Thought it was good. I, I, I think it, it reached. It either met the hype or was just a little bit above it. I don't think it was the greatest show of all time, but that was a good show. I don't remember all their shows by heart like you do. I don't remember all like the little special ones that they've done. But mm-hmm. from my memory, I thought it was like probably one of the better ones. Like I said, my memory's terrible, so I couldn't tell you. But I, the last one I remember they had was uh, the fuck was it? St. Patrick's Day Slam was that what it yes, was called? Yes, that was with the uh, Baker and Rosa unsanctioned match in the main event. Correct. So I mean, I thought it was like I said, I thought it was good. Brian and Omega was what it was advertised as. Cody and Malachi was good. Uh, MGF and and <laughs> Brian Pillman Jr. I had a fucking blank there. See, that's how bad my memory is, people. I watched it last night. And I already blanked out who he fit. That was good for what it was. Like I said, I think it wasn't like the greatest match of all time, but it was like served its purpose. And I mean, not everything has to be five stars. So it was perfect for what it was. And then the main event was was good. Like I said, I don't think it was great or main event worthy, but I guess it made sense with with them not wanting to do probably a draw at the end of the show. But besides that, I thought, like I said, that was a good show. And uh, Friday night show looks like it'd be highly. Highly, uh, I guess, advertised. And looks like she has some pretty good matches there on as well. So Rampage should be good this week, and they'll get higher than 650,000 people, guaranteed. Hopefully. Maybe it'll get 750,000 people this week. It's a two-hour show. I have no interest in a two-hour Rampage. I know they have the roster for it, but I have no interest. I, I don't think you watch the shows live. But it oh, wait, get- two hours? This week is two hours, yeah. Holy smokes, yeah. I usually tape it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tape it. 
I don't know that from ten to twelve on a Friday. That's that's late even for me, dude. Yeah, but thing is, they'll probably start off, which they should. They'll start off with Punk and Hobbs will be yes. the first match because they're gonna get the. Yeah, they have to build it. Uh, I guess well, which makes sense. You build it backwards on a on a late show like that, so you put your best match first, then put the not the worst, but something that's not as highly. They probably do like the <laughs> men of the year and what's their faces at the at the like the yeah. last. That or um, well, they have the super click match too. Cole and the Bucks versus whoever. So I could see them doing that last. But um, you mean like when they had Dynamite on at 10 p.m. It was on a Friday for that stretch during the NBA playoffs, and they put fucking Dustin Rhodes versus Nick Camarado in the main event. Yeah, in the Borough match, I oh loved it. Oh my god, it went absolutely nowhere. But um, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm looking forward to Friday. I have no desire to see the show be two hours consistently, unless it was at an earlier time slot. But there's SmackDown, so you would just have to move it to a different day, like I don't know Thursday or something, or Monday or Monday's Raw. I don't know. They would figure something out. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I thought this was a great show. I thought they hit a home run with Grand Slam, you know, baseball pun intended there. And uh, I hope they can keep it moving here, dude. They've had a lot of buzz lately. And as a wrestling fan, I'm a fan of all these promotions. I just want to see people, more people watch these fucking shows. And hopefully it encourages WWE to continue doing cool things. Um, so I'm hoping that's what's going to happen going forward with AEW. And Full Gear is a great show, too. But like I said, it feels like the AEW effect is starting to have its effect on WWE and them kind of putting forth better shows and bigger matches and trying to improve Raw ratings. Uh, the rating did improve this week over what it was a week ago. And like you said, the football game last week was great. Um, you could speak to how good it was this week. But the rating did improve, which was encouraging. And that's because they had Roman Reigns back on the show. The Tribal Chief, the Bloodline versus the New Day, a great match. Bloodline beating New Day. And then in the main event, Roman Reigns besting Bobby Lashley and Big E in a triple threat match. Uh, we won't go match by match here. We'll talk about the highlights from Raw. Um, but I thought this was a better show than usual. Uh, not a great, great show by any means, but by, by recent Raw standards, I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable and the big stuff delivered. I thought that opening and closing matches were just terrific. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think once I saw that rain, I mean, I usually don't watch Raw live. I usually watch a tape, especially now that football's on. But mm-hmm. when I thought that Roman was going to be on, I mean, football in the back, I, I got to watch the Tribal Chief and I can't. <laughs> I did not watch the football game at first. I watched Tribal Chief come out. Amazing. Um, the tag team match was great. Like I said, the only issue is, I mean, I understand they want to get the ratings. I just, I mean, I don't love the hot shotting because I just feel like you kind of hot yourself. Like, if you do all the marquee matches, it kind of leaves you. Like, what, like, mm-hmm. it kind of, like, eventually you run out of them and then you're kind of stuck with nothing. And then you're going to have shows that aren't going to have that highly advertised or big matches and then they'll hurt the rating. And, like, I don't know. I feel like you just got to be consistent. If you're going to do it, be consistent. Just have consistently good shows. You don't have to, like, uh, always hot shot. Because I feel like, like I said, when you always hot shot, you're just going to eventually run out of ideas. Or you're going to do all your big matches on TV. And then when it comes to, uh, I don't know, what the, what are the extreme rules? I don't know. And when it comes to the next pay-per-view, you're going to run out of, like, you're going to use all those good matches and you get rematched or something that's not as highly anticipated. And I feel like that kind of ruins it for fans. So, I thought Raw was good, though. I thought Reigns winning was kind of obvious. He's the, the biggest thing right now in wrestling. And I, 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 whoever beats him, I, I'm hoping it's a young guy. I mean, if it's fucking Lesnar, I, I am a big Brock guy, but that'd be so dumb. Like, whoever beats Roman needs to be, like, someone that they can think that's going to be, like, a, a superstar because he's so over him and Heyman. They've been great. You need someone that's gonna like take the torch like a someone like a drew obviously drew's big now but like someone that could be as big as like a drew mcintyre turned into is who needs to beat roman because you can't waste this on a veteran or 
a legend beating him. Like, you need a young up-and-comer that can beat him and then become a superstar like Drew did. Yeah, I was hoping Big E would be that guy, but he cashed in on uh, Lesnar, or rather Lashley, instead. So if it's not Big E, I I don't know. That's the thing with WWE. Like, they don't map this stuff out like AEW does. Like, Adam Page is clearly the guy. In WWE, I don't know who that guy is. So hopefully we find out at some point. Hopefully they get in, get behind someone enough to, for that to actually make sense. Like a Damian Priest, for example. I think it would be fucking awesome if he was the one to beat Roman Reigns. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, he would have to go to SmackDown for that. I don't see Roman getting moved in the draft. Um, we'll talk about the draft next week. Yeah, the show. You could move, you could move Priest to SmackDown and move Nakamura to Raw. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe, maybe I wasn't. You get, know, the, not... get the U.S. title back in SmackDown where it belongs. Yep, yep. I yeah, that's possible. It's it's definitely possible. Um, that's actually a good idea because I was just thinking like, who could he, I mean, Priest beat though, yeah. him would be huge. Who uh, else? Like beyond beyond Priest, who's been booked incredibly well. Carrie um, Cross. <laughs> in, a, in a perfect world, if they actually booked the guy correctly, I would have been behind that. But at this point, no. So, I don't know. Keith, if they actually booked him properly and he got his win back about him and shit. And, you know, Keith, I think, would be amazing. But, again, he's just not – He's I get he's got the health problems right now and he's just not even on the show. So, I mean, hey, that's, not, that, that's assuming Roman's dropping the belt anytime soon. They could build up Keith and maybe he wins the Rumble, you know? Yeah, I think pre- now that you said Priest, I'm kind of in on that. <laughs> Kid's sold on Priest now. Uh, we'll see. If he doesn't get moved to SmackDown in the draft next week, we'll find out. But we'll give her draft predictions next week here on the show. Um, a couple other things from Raw this week that I do want to discuss. It was far more of a newsworthy show than usual. Are we getting a badass Shayna Baszler back? She beat Nia Jackson, met her minutes, destroyed her afterwards. The shrieks from Nia almost killed my ears. But beyond that, I thought it was a well-done angle, and... Um, Hopefully this means that we're getting NXT Shayna Baszler back, but I'm not 100, percent you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure that's that's for certain. So your thoughts in the angle, and hopefully we get Dominic Shayna Baszler back. What are you laughing about? I'm laughing because the streaks. By sh- I honestly forgot about Nia's streaks until you just brought it up again. That was honestly abysmal. Her acting is so bad. Her acting like, is. A lot of people are praising that online though. Just like she yelled at her, her hole when she fucking got knocked on her ass. No, the shrieks were so bad. It was it's so funny. No, no, it's annoying. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that's bad. And Molly was watching. She's like, that's so annoying. I'm like, yep. Jesus. I thought that's but now cat was chick winning, I mean, that, I mean, where the hell is this bad? And we need this, like, to whenever she was, like, we should, no, I'll admit, I'll admit, people, like, you can whack me with the kendo stick. I'll admit I was wrong. She probably should have beat Becky Lynch back at WrestleMania. Ah, there we go, there we go, there we go. See, like, I'm taking a take, take, I'm getting out of the take bunker. I'm, I'm revising <laughs> the take. She should have beat her now. I'll admit it. But realistically, she should have just won the money in the bank, and then she would have won anyways. But regardless. Yeah. Um, Either one. That whole year run of Oscar like, was kind of a waste. Um, Shayna just didn't do anything and kept losing, and so it's awful, and then, she won with nine. They won the tag titles. I mean, as much as the belt around my waist right now. And then, basically, hasn't done anything since then. She's just lost a ton. And hopefully, this new badass Shayna Baszler is what we get. And she can go after whoever's the champion and maybe win it and get some fucking some buzz back on her. Because she was great in NXT. I know a lot of people just didn't like her. And when she was in NXT, I'm not sure because she just, like, wasn't an indie darling mm-hmm. or... She wasn't Dakota Kai, which who I also like, but I mean, Shayna Baszler was amazing in NXT. I don't really understand why anyone didn't like her, but I think if they book her the way that they did before, and she's an absolute beast, 
Like, she, like, killed all those girls in the elimination chamber, and then she just literally just, like, eight pinfalls for the next year. Um, <laughs> so, hopefully she gets her mystique back. Her beating Nia was great. Less Nia, the better. And hopefully we get badass Shayna Baszler winning the belt somewhere down the line. Yeah, um, I've read that Nia's going to be out for a while. Thank the Lord. Not a big Nia fan. I mean, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but, like, she just she shouldn't be on the show, period. She's just abysmal, so... Uh, I mean, this might be a blessing in disguise for her, but then again, she was gone for a year with double knee surgery about a year or two ago, and she came back, and everyone still fucking hated her, so it doesn't matter how long she's gone. She'll be hated upon her return, but hopefully this means we get badass Shayna Baszler back. Um, You know, it's been a long time coming. She's been here for almost two years now, and she's barely meant anything, and two tag team titles reign doesn't mean shit, by the way. Um, So we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. I'm slightly optimistic. Um, speaking of optimistic, I'm actually pretty optimistic due to this tag team of Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. I mean, I want to see Angel Garza used on his own, obviously, and this division is filled with makeshift tag teams, but hey, they're cousins, they work well together. I thought they were fucking great in that match on Monday against Mansoor and, uh, Mustafa Ali. I thought it was a really fun match, and honestly, they could have a lot of potential as tag team, as tag team partners on Raw. Yeah, I, I like the Carrillo. <laughs> no, I don't like Carrillo. Carrillo's eh. I like Garza, I think Garza... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I like Korea. Uh, never mind. He's uh. <laughs> I, I had him mixed up. That's why. No, I love Angel Garza. I just I don't know. They had like they pushed him for like a hot second, put him with Andrade, and then like literally went downhill. Once they broke them up, he's been on like main event. So yep. I, I, I guess it's what it is. I mean, the tag team division's kind of meh. I just feel like they don't really have a lot of teams, so they just keep pushing all these makeshift teams together. But I think it could work. But I feel like it's just another case of what the flavor of the week is, and then they'll team up, and then they'll probably lose and eventually break up, and they'll do nothing. So I'm not getting my hopes up. I think it has potential, but knowing this company, they'll be, like I said, they'll be on main event versus Mansur and Mustafa Ali in like a month. Yeah, I'd love to see them against, um, who are the current tag team champions? Oh, RK Bro. I would love to see them against RK Bro at some point, and uh, hopefully they can continue, continue to stack up wins. But then again, they tried to push Garza again a couple of months ago when he was sticking the rose up a Drew Gulak's ass, and that went nowhere. So, in the time will tell. That went absolutely nowhere. Um, talk about this for a second. Tag team titles changing hands. Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash winning the women's tag team titles. You knew they weren't losing as soon as they dedicated their win to the kids with cancer. I mean, it was a cool moment, and Rhea was obviously choked up about it, but... You know, that, that's obviously far more important than the fucking predictability of a wrestling match. But the match was fine. We got new women's tag team champions. And, uh, yeah, it just feels like RK bro light, and I just don't really care. I know they work well together, and that's fine. But, like, as characters, it just feels fucking lazy to be like, oh, we have nothing else for them to do. Let's put them as a tag team and give them the tag titles. It just feels like Rhea is far less important than she was six months ago. Well, yeah, I think it's, for what it is, it's fine. If they're not going to do anything with them individually I, I don't mind them tagging but it just i don't know i don't really care about the team it's fine for what it is but i don't know i feel like it should mean a little bit more and like you said i feel like it works but Rhea should be like a bigger deal than she is yeah i know you can't always be in the raw women's title picture but at the same time she never got her win over charlotte unless that's long long long-term storytelling then it just feels like a wasted opportunity but whatever I'm um, talking about Charlotte real quick. We all saw the dumb Dave Meltzer report. Oh, 1,500 people leaving the arena during the Alexa Bliss Charlotte segment, which A, I don't know how you determine that sort of thing, and B, dude, I mean, as for as much as I don't like the Alexa Bliss Supernatural shit, which he has not been doing a lot of lately, the crowds love this shit. They love the Alexa Bliss shit every time she comes out. SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, these Raws, she always gets cheered. 
1,500 people leaving during this segment during two women of this caliber, of like their stardom, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And honestly, the segment, I don't really care for the feud all that much, but I thought this was a very good segment. It was one of the best things that Alexa Bliss has been involved in since she transformed into this character. So, honestly, dude, I thought this was really good stuff. Yeah, I, th- I mean, yeah, I don't know how you can equate that number unless you were there, and I still don't know how you could count 1,500 people leaving, but... Regardless, um, I thought this, like you said, this was less supernatural stuff. I think Alexa's been great with the character lately. Like I said, the less supernatural stuff, the better. Um, but I thought they both came off well. Alexa, like you said, Alexa's, I mean, people can hate what they want. I mean, she's fucking extremely over. Um, people can say they don't like it, but, I mean, she gets loud cheers and loud reactions every time she's out. So, I mean, you might not like it, but, I mean, she's getting a reaction and a lot of people don't. So, um <laughs> It is what it is, but I actually, I've enjoyed it. I think she's done great with it, and I'm interested to see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Sunday. We'll talk about Extreme Rules in a little bit to wrap up the episode, but uh, yeah, no, this exceeded my expectations, and the overall feud up to this point hasn't exactly done a lot for me, but I thought this was uh, thought this was decent. I thought they sold their match on Sunday fairly well, as well as, well as they possibly could have. Let's put it that way. Uh, one, quick note, <clears throat> one quick note here. It was revealed yesterday per... Moss Lucha, I believe the name of the outlet was, that uh, Graham Metalik requesting his release from WWE, and they're probably going to give it to him. I mean, the guy hasn't been on TV in years. My only question is, why wouldn't he have requested it earlier? I mean, they've done nothing with this guy since the Cruiserweight Classic. The King of the Ropes is leaving? I, I guess so. That was per the report, yeah. I mean, I'm on, I've got it with you on this. I mean, I thought he was fine in the ring. I just, I don't know. He's kind of like, I like Kalisto and all them guys, but I just feel like they kind of lumped them all together, unfortunately, and just... Once it didn't work with Kalista, the other two were kind of doomed, unfortunately. And I thought he was good. I just, if like you said, I, I just, especially with his company and what they, were, what he was doing before, why would you even re-sign? I mean, he hasn't done anything of note at all. Nothing. I mean, I don't even think he's won a single tag title. Like he had one Intercontinental title match on SmackDown last year with AJ Styles, and they pushed him for about five minutes, and that was it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why he would have. He definitely re-signed at some point. I mean, his contract is apparently up in 2023. He re-signed or signed with him initially in 2016. So he had to have re-signed at some point. I'm not exactly sure why if he knew that his career was going nowhere. Um, but that is hardly surprising. So hopefully he can go back to Mexico or something. I don't know. He, he obviously can't speak English all too well from what I understand and from what I've heard. But um, the guy's a great worker and hopefully he can either go back to Mexico or Ring of Honor. I think it'd be a great fit somewhere like that. Um, we'll talk about NXT real quick before we get to the Dark Side of the Ring Extreme Rules predictions. Uh, we don't have to do a full-on review, but we do have a new Cruiserweight Champion in Roderick Strong beating Kushida in a fun match. Um, Diamond Mine is killing it right now, so I think Strong winning the belt was kind of a, you know, kind of a given. And then we had Ciampa and Braun Breaker teaming up in the main event, taking on, or beating the duo, rather, of Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. Um, a bit of a better show this week, but again, they're attempting to introduce way too many people at once, and it's just getting confusing. No, I thought it was a good show, like you said. I thought Roddy went here, kind of put some put some clout on the Diamond Mine and make them seem like they're a bigger deal than they are. And Roddy's been great. I like the like the Creed brothers, and I like the the new girl they put in, and I think they have a lot of potential. And Roddy winning here puts a little bit more merit on their name. Um, like you said, I think they are introducing a lot of people at once, but I I, I think this week was a little bit better. I feel like last week was just like every other segment was like here's someone new like. Here they are, like, okay. I don't know, I thought, I mean, they definitely did introduce a lot of people, but I think this week was maybe a smidge better in that category. But, um, Braun Breaker, I mean, no, Braun Steiner, I told you, I'm not calling him that dumb. (laughs) 
Rex Steiner. He looked good. Um, him and Champa. Uh, that I mean, I love Rich Holland. I, I like Pete Dunne too, but I think Rich Holland's got a ton of potential. Wow. Uh, but that, that that was good. Um, the toxic attraction stuff. I mean, I think that to, as a team and a unit, they work well together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something that they finally done that could work. So having Mandy as like the head of this group, I think Gigi and the other girl, I couldn't tell you what her name is. I think they have a lot of potential, and having Mandy as like their like veteran or manager or whatever you want to call them is great. And then um, I'm trying to think what else is on the show. Uh, what did I miss? We had the debut of Dante Chen. They had, uh, which I thought, I think he was the first Portugal superstar, maybe, in action? Would, oh, Singapore. No, I'm sorry, not Portugal. Singapore. Um, yeah. Didn't hear from him, but I thought he was impressive for as long as he was in there for it. Uh, you had Cora G making out with Trey Baxter backstage. I know you love that part. Didn't like that part. Didn't like that part. Well, you don't want to see them in an on-air. I mean, they are actually in a, in a relationship in real life, so them incorporating that might be interesting. Yeah, keep the, keep that shit for raw. <laughs> hey, Vince is running the show now, my friend. Got to get used to it. But no, I thought it was a decent show. I thought it was a bit better this week. They're advertising three title matches for next week, dude. Uh, Strong and Grayson Waller for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Strong's going to hold on to it, you think, right? Yeah, I don't know. Gray, Grayson Waller's the guy that came out the end, right? Like after he won. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's been on 205 Live. He's pretty good, but taking the belt off of Roddy after a week would be fucking booking malpractice. So I hope not. Um, Shirai and Stark finally resurfacing. I mean, they were on the show a few weeks ago, but they're almost never on NXT. And that's kind of surprising for someone like Io Shirai, who was such a big deal for a long time, and she feels like it's a complete afterthought. Um, but they're defending the women's tag team titles next week against, who is it? Oh, Toxic Attraction, G.D. Dolan and J.C. Jane. You think we're getting new champions? Uh, I think it's possible. Um, I don't know if I'd do it so soon, but I don't know if maybe they're out with the old and with the new. I, I wouldn't hate it. Um, kind of make them seem like a bigger deal, but I feel like you said Shirai was like basically like the, one of the like foundation pieces of NXT when the last year or two, and I feel like now she's barely on TV, and maybe they're trying to phase her out and maybe go up to the main roster, but Jesus Christ. And she's a champion, too. It's not even like, oh, we don't really have anything for her to do. I mean, they don't. But... Yeah, those championships, like I said, they're as important as the belt around my waist right now. No, I know. I, I agree with that. But you would think that if, <laughs> if anything, they would have more exposure. She would have more exposure because she is a champion, ideally. But those belts mean absolutely nothing. And then Raquel versus um, Frankie, Monet, ne- uh, Frankie Monet next week. NXT Women's Championship finally happening. Um, got bumped last week. We're getting it next week. New champ, or do you think uh, Raquel retains? Raquel's going to return. To face Kaylee Ray probably at some point? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm expecting that too. Quick thoughts, Mr. Marshall. We've already discussed this ad nauseum over text. It's a week old now, but i got to get your thoughts here on the show about it. Dark side of the ring, playing for a ride from hell, making Tommy Dreamer and Ric Flair look terrible, among other people, but they just came away from this thing looking terrible. Obviously from 2002, uh, what Flair did was disgusting, but Dreamer defending it in 2021 was even worse, so... Uh, a very good episode, very enlightening, but also a very uh, controversial episode, to say the least. No, it's definitely a good episode, but like you said, very controversial. Um, I think Ric Flair, honestly, it's sad. I feel like Dreamer came off even worse. Like, he Flair, did, like, yeah. up to what he did was horrific, and that shouldn't even be like, when people are like, oh, it was like back 20 years ago. Like, that still doesn't matter. Like, that's just wrong. But Dreamer <laughs> defending him, like, it honestly like came off even worse. In 2021, just, no less, yeah. It's just like, I just don't really understand, like, 
did she like not serve him beer on the car? Like I don't I don't understand like his stance at all. He was like so anti uh, this flight attendant lady, and I, like I said, she seemed pretty nice, and I don't I don't understand what she did wrong to Tommy Dreamer, but uh, yeah, he definitely looked wrong. I get it, like he did it, like he he like came out with the statement, but I mean. That's basically because you had to. I mean, yeah, that was <laughs> there's exactly. nothing you can really do about that one. I so. mean, it read well, but the guy's got to stay away for a little while. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so I thought it was a very lining up. I mean, compared to what everyone else did, these two just like made like, yeah, like people are getting mad with Brock and Kurt Henning. I mean, I think that's just like two drunk guys just sort of just. I mean, it was that was like that's a joke. Like he threw the fucking pie or put the whipped cream on his head and they started wrestling. Obviously, it went out of control. But I mean, that was. The Scott Hall one, I mean, definitely shouldn't have happened, but from plenty of shoot interviews I've heard, like, he was, like, drugged. So, I mean, not that it's not his fault, but... That's what he said, uh, too, I think, on this episode. Correct, and I've heard other people say that, like, he was, like, someone drugged him, and he, like, legitimately was, like, out of it and doesn't even remember what happened. So, like, obviously what he did, definitely, I mean, that's disgusting, but, I mean, if he was drugged and honestly had no idea what was going on, I mean, that just kind of screams of, like, kind of the craziness that was on these flights, I mean... I don't understand why you're drugging other people, but I guess it's funny back then. I don't really I get guess. that part. I guess. It was commonplace. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Michael Hayes getting his ponytail cut fucking popped me big, though. I fucking doubt at that. That was funny, yeah. There was nothing wrong with that. That was funny. Besides that, it just was very enlightening. I've heard other reports that, like, there were other, not obviously to this extent, but, like, they had plenty of other plane rides or experiences similar to this, too. So it's kind of alarming that, this was just kind of like the biggest one, but I've heard other reports that there were like other ones. And when they interviewed people for this one, they're like, which one are you talking about? Yeah, I know that's kind of concerning. Um, no, I agree with everything you just said. There was a lot of parts of this to break down and dissect. And I've already talked about it at length by this point, but it, it was scary, dude. I mean, a lot of the stuff that was going on back then and Robin Dan was like, yeah, and it was just, you know, commonplace for people to slip shit into women's drinks and then just kind of have their way with them and then they just kind of moved on to the next thing i'm like whoa like let's slow down here for a second uh that was pretty fucked up but yeah no i thought this was uh very interesting to say the least and these dark side of the rings just do not disappoint i'm very interested to see um how the chris canyon episode is covered tonight i don't really know a lot about him at all um that's what these episodes are for to kind of let me know what was going on and you know what his deal was and stuff like that so i'm very interested to see how that's going to be um, going down tonight on uh, Vice. So, yeah, I completely agree. I don't really have anything else to add but because uh, it's just kind of uh, disgusting. And Dreamer came out with a statement. He didn't mention that Ric Flair came out with a statement pretty much denying everything, but I expect nothing less. The problem is that one question for you, though. He said that he doesn't remember it. But just because he doesn't remember it doesn't mean that it didn't happen, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's like the Scott Hall stuff. He says he doesn't remember, too, but if it happened, it happened. I mean... So that, that's the thing. So he's like, oh, it definitely did not happen. Like, can you actually say that, though? Because you were probably intoxicated. So how would you know for 100% fact that it didn't happen? Yeah, I was just trying to stay baby first. Yeah, it was just weird. The guy should probably just shut the fuck up and stop tweeting. But, you know, it's Ric Flair. I don't really expect anything else. But, like, the guy is still on social media. At least take a page out of Tommy Dreamer's playbook and just stop for a little while. But, hey, he's going to have his way. And uh, like you said earlier, he's just going to tweet out, hey, haters be hating and all this <laughs> Dude, you're 72. Stop. Um, anyway, one last thing before we go off the air. Extreme Rolls this coming Sunday, Mr. Marceau. We got a six-match card currently announced. Maybe one or two more matches announced on Friday SmackDown or online in the days to come. But uh, only one Extreme Rolls match advertised, that being the main event. So it's a complete 180 from what these Extreme Rolls pay-per-views used to be years ago. Liv Morgan, Carmella, one-on-one, my man. Who do you think's going over here? 
Uh, Liv Morgan. Do you think we're getting a stipulation for this match? Yeah, and in five-second match. <laughs> I think Liv Morgan's winning, too. SmackDown Tag Team titles, the Usos, the Profits. I could see this going either way, because the Usos have lost twice now to the Profits by DQ, and if they retain here, I mean, they could stay, the bloodline stays golden, but I'm not sure who else they defend against, so I'm going to go with the Profits, and the Profits are going to win the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Yeah, I'm going to stay with the Usos. I think you could keep on the Usos, and then when the draft comes, you can filter in some more teams. I think well, you, the bloodline a little bit strong at this point, so I'd, I'd keep the belts on them for a All little right. bit longer. U.S. Championship triple threat match, Damian Priest, Sheamus, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy obviously earning entry into the match after beating Sheamus 1-1 one one on Raw this week. Uh, kind of reads a lot like Damian Priest, Sheamus, and Drew from a few weeks ago, and Drew's not even on this card. Um, so I'm not really sure why they would... I don't know, they, they were going to do Priest and Sheamus one-on-one. Hardy being in there is great. I love Hardy, but it feels like he's only in there to eat the pin. So, I don't know, this is bizarre. But I think Priest, it's too early to take the belt off of him. And I think it's there's it's a, there's a chance it goes to SmackDown with the U.S. title, too, like you said earlier. Yeah, Priest got to win here. Definitely ran him with Jeff Hardy. I mean, he was just like barely on TV. They brought him back. He had the carrying thing. I mean, he chased and- the 24-7 title the week before this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have Damian winning here. <laughs> I do yeah. no stupid shit. Jeff Hardy's getting pinned, you think? That's why he's in this thing? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss. We've had three Raw Women's title changes in recent months, with Charlotte <laughs> winning at Money in the Bank, and Nikki Ash the next night, Charlotte at SummerSlam. I think that trend ends here. I think Charlotte retains, and Alexa Bliss has been undefeated all year. You talk about, like, Win-loss records and shit, which AEW or WWE doesn't pay attention to. Um, but Alexa Bliss has been undefeated all year, dude, which is pretty impressive. But I still think she loses on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? This is a tough one. Um, fuck, I don't know. I was going to say Alexa, and then you got in my head. I'm going with Alexa. Screw it. I, I, I think, I don't know, if it's not now, then when is it for her? I think Never. <laughs> exactly, so it's got to be now. I, I, but it I, should I, that's what I was like. I don't want to see her win the title of this fucking gimmick, though. No, I do. Give it to her. <laughs> God. I can only imagine the outpour of, of outrage on Sunday after she wins. From, like, everyone else except the Alexa Bliss fans, of course, but uh, they're they're ha- they're high and mighty. They're nice and loud. I and just whatnot. feel like they built her up to this point, so if she loses, like, where do you go next with her? Maybe turn her back into what she was before? Ditch this fiend shit finally? I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna wave their white flag that quickly. But no, I mean they're making uh, a lot of money. Maybe they could ever lose and go to SmackDown, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd no, I'd rather keep her on Raw though. I feel like if anything, what they should do if they keep this Shayna Baszler like being a badass thing, have her being built up as a badass. Have her then go to SmackDown, switch Shayna SmackDown, and then you can have her beat the shit out of Becky and be like, no, I'm a bad bitch. Shayna. Shayna beat the fuck out of Becky, yeah. So what does it have to do with Alexa? That I, That's why I want Alexa to win, and then you can have Shayna go to SmackDown. What do the two have to do with each other? They are intertwined in my mind. Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss? <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no idea. I just went down that road. I don't know. Okay, either way, it doesn't really matter, but I do agree with you, though. I do, I do think Shayna should go to SmackDown win a title, but then, of course, she'll go to SmackDown, lose to Becky again, and then long-term storytelling, right? She's going to win at some point, and then she never does. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Speaking of whom, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, SmackDown women's title. Um, Bianca, I feel like, is... <laughs> I say she's going to win the belt back from Becky at some point, but then I said the same thing about Rhea, and it never happened, so... 
whatever. I'm not going to even try that now. But I don't think Bianca's winning here, though. I think they'll have Becky win via nefarious means to continue the heel turn. Bianca stays in chase mode for at least another month or two. Oh, yeah, Becky's winning here, LOL. Yeah, Becky, I mean, not that it's a problem, but I, I feel like they shouldn't have Bianca's chase culminate so quickly. Main event, Roman Reigns, Demon Balor for the Universal Championship in an Extreme Rules match. Now, foregone conclusion for a lot of people that Roman Reigns is going to win, but, but, dude, they've already announced, I know they've already announced Roman and Brock for Crown Jewel, which you didn't have a chance to talk about in the last week, but I, I don't know. Do you think there's a chance they could have the Demon win? And then, like, either they get the belt back to Roman. I don't know. I just feel like it's so, like, oh, we got the demon, and then he loses. Like, I feel like it's so nonchalant that the demon's going to lose when he's never lost on the main roster before. Roman's going to win. <laughs> if, he lost the, if he lost to Finn Balor, I'd be honestly fucking pissed. Is there any outcome, any scenario where you see Finn Balor winning here? I do, though. I personally, I feel like I'm the only one who's thinking this, but I think there might be a chance that Balor could win. The only way he could win is if Brock interfered, which I don't want to see happen. Which doesn't make sense, though, because why wouldn't Brock want the championship? I don't know. know, Like I said, I wouldn't do it. I I like Finn Balor. I just don't, like... I just feel like they don't have enough trust in him to be the one to beat beat Roman. Like, he only won the championship that one time... Or, yeah, won the championship when he got called up, and then he got hurt, and he hasn't fucking done anything, like, of that, like... He's been in like a decent couple feuds and like he's won a couple mid card belts. I just I just don't think they see him as champion. I I would I don't think he'll beat Roman. I would like to see him beat Roman, but the problem is that I just don't think the timing is right on this one because I think Roman should reign as champion for a little while longer. Like if this was any other situation, like it was Bobby, then maybe. But like we've gone this far with Roman. When he loses it, he's got to lose it to like. It's got to be a big fucking deal. It can't be because, oh, Finn Balor rolled him up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think he would do that anyway, but it's got to be a massive deal, you know? That's what I'm saying. It can't be him. <laughs> okay. I just think people are jumping to conclusions with a demon loss, and I'm thinking maybe there's something else to this, but I guess I'm just grasping at straws here. <laughs> but my prediction at the end of the day is, is Roman Reigns retains. The so there you go. Know, he's fucking built up his story like he's going to have fucking Balor win. He goes, and Roman's going to win. So there you go. I'm saying there's a bigger, I'm saying there's more of a chance that Balor wins than a lot of people are thinking. I'm not saying that Balor's going to win. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you were betting on the match, if there was a stakes, it'd be like 99% of people would say Roman's going to win. I don't yes. think it's, I think it's one of those people thing that like, but I hope, the thing is, I also hope that like, since it's so like obvious or people think he's going to win, that they don't swerve us and just have Finn win for like, well, no I don't fucker. think. Well, that that's also a possibility because WWE does that. But I just think there's a decent chance the Demon could win. I think Balor is more of a chance of winning this championship, dude, than Cena did, than Rey Mysterio did, than Cesaro did, or probably anyone since WrestleMania, since Brian and Edge. I like it. Any of those other people, I'm like, yeah, there's absolutely no fucking way that Roman's losing. But here, just it's the Demon. So like, they already had Balor lose on SmackDown. So it's like. Eh. Will they really have him lose again? Yeah, probably, but still, and then there's a chance he could win. We'll see. We'll see. If he wins the belt on Sunday, Mr. Marceau, and you're watching live, you can expect a text from me, but if he probably loses, which he will, then I'll remain silent because that's probably what's going to happen. I want Roman to win. Don't get me wrong. I do. I'm just thinking people are sleeping on the demon when they probably shouldn't be, but I still think he's going to lose. Um, so those are our Extreme Rules predictions for Sunday. Like I said, Mr. Marceau, loaded show, a lot to discuss here today. Um, always a blast per usual. We'll be back next week discussing Extreme Rules and all the latest in the world of wrestling. 
Uh, Mr. Marceau, new episodes of the show every single Thursday. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, uh, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Also on WrestleRant.com and WrestleRantRadio.com. Mr. Marceau, you're on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau. I look forward to next week, brother. Thanks for joining me per usual, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Take care.